Welcome to the Church of the Living God, Living Godcast. Our prayer is that this message speaks to you, impacts you, and inspires you. Please enjoy today's message, and we invite you to contact us if you need prayer, appreciate this word, or would like more information on Church of the Living God. Be blessed today. All right, so if you've got your Bibles, y'all still carry Bibles in here in Winchester, right? Okay, good, good, good. Let's go to Joshua chapter 10. Hallelujah. We give you the highest praise, Lord. Oh, we give you the highest praise. We give you the highest praise. Joshua chapter 10, verse 1 says this. Now listen, there's going to be a bunch of crazy names that I'm going to try to crazily say, but just give forth thy grace and thy mercy, okay? Now it came to pass when Adonazadek, king of Jerusalem, had heard how Joshua had taken Ai and had utterly destroyed it, as he had done to Jericho and her king, so he had done to Ai and her king, and how the inhabitants of Gibeon had made peace with Israel and were among them, that they greatly, that they feared greatly because Gibeon was a great city as one of the royal cities, and because it was greater than Ai, then all the men thereof were mighty. Wherefore, Adonazadek, king of Jerusalem, sent it to Hoham, king of Hebron, and unto Param, king of Jermuth, and unto Japhiah, king of Lashish, and unto Deber, king of Eglon, saying, Come up unto me and help me, that we may smite Gibeon, for they have made peace with Joshua and the children of Israel. It wasn't about Gibeon, it was that they had come together with Joshua. Okay? It wasn't because of Gibeon, it was because they had come together with Israel. Okay? Therefore, the five kings of the Amorites, the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jarmuth, the king of Lashish, and the king of Eglon gathered themselves together, and they went up, they and all their hosts, and they encamped before Gibeon and made war against it. Amen? By the authority of the kingdom of God, I'm going to preach a message tonight called Five Against One. Five Against One. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you. Lord God, I thank you for your manifest presence. Father, you... You created, you breathed, you sit enthroned above heaven, and yet you descend in 114 Franklin Avenue. God, we love you, and we honor you, Lord God. We worship you, and we worship you tonight through the word, Lord God. I ask for an unction and an utterance of your spirit to boldly declare this word, and I ask, Father God, that it goes out and it sends forth a resurrection power inside each of the people here, Lord God, that when we come out of this place, we are ready to go to the battlefield and take ground for your glory, and we will just worship you and praise you through it, and we give you honor. In Jesus' name, the church said. All right, so Joshua's on the conquest. Remember, it started off that he was faithful to Moses, And then he was promoted. You know, we need to have things in order. The the, the scriptures don't change. If you honor the leader, at one place you will have a lane to run. God will always make a lane for you. But, But we are not called to tell God what lane we run. 
See, in the New Testament, when it says, if you desire the office of a bishop, if you desire to be, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, yeah, one of those. Overseer, the, the, the servant, the helper. Matthew, you're my concordance. Come on. Deacon, hallelujah. Thank you, all these preachers around here. It says, if you desire to be this, you desire a good thing. But when it comes to the fivefold ministry of the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher, you don't desire to be those things. You're called to be those things. But see, that calling doesn't usurp if you are not called to one of those callings. Because in the kingdom, we walk on the same ground and we all have the same king. So when we walk in obedience and we walk in the nurturing of a father, at some point, the father's going to wrap his arms around us and say, son, my journey ends here. But I'll tell you what, I wanted to go there. But if you go there, I'll go there too. Because we have the DNA of the house. That's why when you step into Mount Sterling, it's going to be very similar to here because we have the same exact DNA. It's the same blood that runs through this house, runs into, this ha into our house, and runs in me. Joshua is going out on conquest. It says it's time. Moses, you can't enter the promised land, but tell you what, Joshua is equipped. Be of good courage. Be of good strength. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. And Joshua was yet a young man, but he had seen plenty of war. We went around Jericho. We loved Jericho. Jericho was just a matter of obedience. Where we come into this scripture, they had, just, they had just beat AI, but if you remember, before that, they got whooped by AI. Oh, it's just a small city. Look what we did to Jericho. Let's just go in. No big deal. But not only was there sin in the camp, but they didn't seek the Lord. So it doesn't matter what battle we are facing, how big, how small, it does not matter. We must be a people that we seek the Lord for direction. I'm not talking about, you know, God, what kind of socks do I wear? What, what do I need to wear like this? I remember a, a minister one time told me, he said there was this young man and he was zealous for God and he woke up every morning and said, Father, what socks do I wear? What shoes do I wear? And the Lord spoke back. He said, my son, I am your father. I'm not your mother. We need to understand God that even though he, he will detail things for us, if it's a matter of, of the smallest detail, he will tell us, but also he give us enough wisdom to follow him without an echoing voice telling us what to do. He's given us his word. So all of a sudden they come and they find out the sin. Now they get a strategy. See, now they are humbled. Now they go to battle. They defeat AI. So now the nations are hearing of our God. Let me tell you that in the spiritual realm, the enemy of different lands, different regions are hearing about this plant. They're hearing about this. When you break down in Ephesians 6, and it's, and it's uh, what, what is it, uh, Ephesians 6, it says principalities and powers, rulers of darkness of this age, spiritual wickedness in high places. All those things are different levels. And one time the Lord showed me, the Holy Spirit took me to a place where I was sitting back in a map. And it says, see, when, when the Spirit of God moves distinctly in a place, the principalities of that city, they call other demonic forces of saying, hey, there's things going on here that we can't take care of. 
Principality in the Greek literally means origin. The, the settlers walked across and said, man, this is the backbone of Satan. A, a demon spirit says, I'll take this. I'm, I'm going to come and I'm going to plant here. So he was the original one to come in. So he has the strongest hold on the land, but then he asked different powers to come in to help. So when the apostle was sent to Winchester, the principality said, hey, Houston, we have a problem. And then we come together, and then we come together. God showed me at a time that there's times where international principalities have to come to America because the church is not just playing church, we are the church. That we're not divided, but we start unifying where we don't care what the name of the building is, but we start walking to demonstrate the kingdom. When we start demonstrating the kingdom, the enemy has to call for backup. And all of a sudden, the enemy says, hey, we got a problem. Joshua saw what Moses did, and he believes he can do the same. I have seen what Apostle Tom Hall has done, and because I'm a son of the house, I believe I can do the same. So now the enemy is calling out, saying, now wait a minute, we have two different fronts. They're attacking us on two different fronts, and then God brings in the nation of Liberia. All of a sudden, we've got three fronts. And God is raising people up in the house, not because they want to be Moses, but because they love Moses enough just to be a Joshua. And this is a house where we don't slay our Joshuas. We don't decapitate them in their anointing. Because let me tell you, we don't fear your anointing here. Because we have been anointed by Christ. So if you have powerful giftings, come on in. We've got some too. But everything is for the benefit of the kingdom. So now, hey, Joshua believes the same promise that Moses spoke or that God spoke to Moses, he believes it. So all of a sudden, this king and this king and this king, all of a sudden, there's five kings. Now, you guys have known my testimony. There's been times where I was in a fighting season, a fighting stage. And for some reason, when it was more against me, I loved it. I don't know why, but I just loved it. Times where I'm just by myself and four, five, six guys walk around and I'm just going, just try me. I just want you to try me. Because the, 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 they say fight or flight. See, flight had flighted out of me. So it was fight or rage. And that was what was designed inside of me, that I wanted them to hit me. I wanted them to strike me. But see, that's not the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, I don't go out to Mount Sterling to pick fights. But if the fight comes, I'll finish it. If somebody attacks my pastor, I'll attack you. I've got no worries about it. Okay, I'll repent later. (laughs) He is faithful and just to forgive us. Hallelujah. I'll whip you and then repent. You might think that's the flesh. I don't care. Doesn't bother me. But all of a sudden, the enemy is getting a thought of what the kingdom of God is doing. And it brings five people together. And now all of a sudden, Joshua is just obeying the Lord. Take Jericho. Take the city of Ai. Now all of a sudden, five kings surround us. Five against one. I don't know about you, but I kind of like our odds. I don't know about you. They came for the sole purpose to kill, 
to steal, and to destroy. Five against one. I don't know about you, but I still kind of like our odds. It says they, they, they encamped before Gibeon and made war against it. Listen to this. War means to feed on, to consume, to devour, to prevail. Sometimes the enemy might not strike you on the cheek, but he'll try to consume you with, with guilt, with condemnation, with picking out the littlest things in your life that God already dealt with, that God already made clean, but then you come to doubt and you start doubting very spiritual. Like, oh, maybe I didn't lay that down. Maybe I didn't lay that down. You gotta be careful when God deals with stuff in your life and then you start saying, well, I maybe didn't lay it down. Because at some point it's gonna come to the place of saying, well, maybe God didn't do it. And we find ourselves in a place that it, sometimes it's okay when there's one enemy coming to attack us. But what about when there's another four? The enemy always wants to intimidate. The whole army surrounds Elisha and his servant. And the servant says, man, we're going to die. Elisha says, man, have you, have you not walked with me this long? And you still don't know who we serve? Open his eyes, Father. Open his eyes, Jehovah. It's time that the body of Christ in this house starts opening our eyes to what Jehovah is doing. Not on the battlefront. Not on the enemy. Not on the five against one. Not on that, but the one who is with us. I like our odds. The more I preach this, the more I like our odds. The more I think, you know something? Five against one, this, this might actually be fun. God is faithful. They come and they encamp. They, they consume them. They feed on them. You know what? It's easy to, in the animal kingdom, you know how they feed on prey? They get them isolated. They get them isolated. Rogue Christians is the enemy's favorite bait. You, you, get, you get out to the side. You get away from strong leadership. Right? And all, it all starts with a baby anointing, you know, believe, have faith like a child. But the Bible says when we get older, we put away our childish ways. There has to be some growth. But the enemy comes, the way he feeds on you is he encircles you. He shows you his numbers. He shows you how many he has. Not his strength, not his power. He makes you think on yourself. And all of a sudden you get away because you say, well, well, I can take him. I can take on the devil. When you start saying you can take on the devil, you're, you're getting into a place where you better be careful. Because I know what the word says about the devil, and I know that when the archangel Michael battled Satan himself, he didn't pull out a sword and wave it. He says, in the name of the Lord, I rebuke thee. That's what we have to do to the enemy. We don't have to battle them hand in hand. I, I, tr I left battling the enemy hand for hand long ago. That's why the Bible says the shield of faith, you'll extinguish the fiery darts. Why? Because the enemy has to back up. He doesn't want to go hand-to-hand -hand combat with me because I've realized that without Jesus, I can do nothing. That I have a sword in my hand. And the Bible says that Jesus, the sword proceedeth out of his mouth. And with it, he doth judge and make war against the nations. It's five against one. There's five enemies coming against you. 
but I like our odds. I like where this is going. They make war. They feed upon you. Don't get into a place, even if you're, listen to me, even if you're battling sin, find somebody in the house that you see by the, by the house that is accountable to the ministry and set up a meeting with them and share with them if you're battling sin. The Bible says, confess your faults one to another, confess your sins one to another, that you may be healed. We've got Christians that are walking around wounded and bloodied. They smile, they put on a good face, but they're bleeding internally. That's how most people die from car accidents. It's not all the outside stuff, it's internal bleeding. And we're sitting there in the house of God and we're worshiping, we're listening to the word, we're listening to the worship, but we're bleeding inside because we're afraid that if we share our sin, somebody might judge us. I'd rather be judged and healed than die without fulfilling promise. We need to be a body. Now I'll take another step. If somebody shares with you some, some things, shut your mouth. Okay? Because we worry about drug addicts and this. What about just good old church gossip? How about, how about prayer request gossip? Oh, Brother Patrick, don't you love him? <laughs> yeah. Did I tell you what I heard? I want to pray for him. Proverbs says it's like tasty truffles that go down to the innermost being. And you know what it does down there? It plants a root of bitterness. And when they're flowing in the anointing, when broken vessels are flowing in the anointing, you condemn them. That's how cores are raised. Because you think you know what's going on. You don't have a clue what's going on. So when people share things with you that they need healing from, that they need deliverance from, don't just honor them. Honor God. And take that. Most prophetic revelation that is given to the body of Christ is only solely for the purpose of intercession. These prophets that say they want to read your mail and tell you all the dark things you've done, they better check the word because it's not in there. Edification, exhortation, and comfort. Calling out my sins in front of a group of people, don't edify me. It don't plumb make me mad. Even if you're right, I might go, hallelujah. Now, you know I'm kidding, okay? Don't be punching people. Don't be punching people. Ask for forgiveness later. No. How many things are coming against you? Don't allow the enemy to feed on you and drive you away. Where the house of God is over there and you just, you don't come Sunday nights no more. All of a sudden you don't come Wednesdays. Because one of the things that we talked about, I talked about this earlier today, that what was one of the, you know, the, the, the church plant was almost three years to its fulfillment. Two years was just meetings where a group of us met. And we dissected it. We cut it to pieces. We rebuked ourselves. Because we wanted it to be God alone. We wanted it to be completely God and nothing of man, nothing of the flesh. And we did that for the sole purpose that when we step out in ministry, we want it to be so God that nobody sees us, nobody sees the name, they only see him. 
Don't push away. Don't, don't quit missing these meanings. Because we, we, when we were talking in the meetings, we talked about that the giftings and the anointings that are in this house that are God-given, Christ is anointed. That, it means the anointed one. And when he's here, whether it's Wednesday, Sunday morning, or Sunday night, all of us said, there is an opportunity for your life to be completely altered and changed for God's glory. Any service. It, it doesn't matter. We, we stepped up on a Tuesday night. We didn't know anybody. We didn't know the pastors. One moment, one word changed Kimberly and I's lives. Because God was here. What if we were tired that day? What if we didn't want to come that day? I believe God is faithful. I believe he still wanted us to have children. But I do also believe that you can miss God and you can miss God's timing. Now his purpose will always stand because his giftings and callings are without repentance. So at one point he will bring you back if you allow him. But we can't isolate ourselves because then the five against one, I don't like your odds when you're alone. There's times I've been to other nations and I've gotten into situations that I almost started to feel overwhelmed. I went, now wait a minute. I remember when he told me this. I remember what he did. I remembered he told me to read a book. How do you get their eyes from, their eyes are rolled back in their head. What do you do? You, you read, listen to me, Satan, by Carlos Anaconadia. And you speak to the human spirit and with the authority of Christ, their eyes roll back. I'm praying, I'm praying, and I'm saying, you know, God, you know, they don't even speak my language. God, what do I do? What do I do? He says, what have you learned? What have you taught? What did Moses teach you, Joshua? Let's take the land. Let's take the land. Five against one in this house, I like our odds. I like what we're doing. When it says they warred against, they encamped and made war against it. Against means above, over. Always in a relation with a downward aspect. It always seems that we magnify the enemy. Norman Gray has a quote that says, he's, the devil started as a serpent in the garden, and in Revelation, he's a dragon. Quit feeding him. Quit feeding him. Oh, the devil did this. The devil did this. Even in my testimony, God took me back to places. And I said, oh, yeah, I remember when the devil tempted me. He goes, devil? He wasn't near you. You just love sin. Sin is even pleasurable for a season. Spoken by Solomon. Because he knew what God was. He knew the promises of God. But he also knew how to lavish in sin. But it brought it back to saying, and this thing, all is vanity. But one thing is true. There is a God and he is Jehovah. See, we got to come back. It's always in a position where we are underneath. And the enemy is above it's five against one, they're looking down. But I remember a time where Jesus knelt down to pray and he said, Father, the enemy was above him, but somebody was above the enemy. I like our odds. With us planting, 
They have, they have called other forces against us. I like our odds. But I mean, some of them are international principalities. Some of them are coming from distant lands to Winchester, to Mount Sterling, to check out what we got. I still like our odds. Some of them are so ruthless. They have bound nations for centuries, and they're coming against this house. I still like our odds. Let them come. Let them come because we will come together. We're not going to be isolated by ourselves, swinging our swords by ourselves. People who swing swords by themselves are the ones who swing it like this, and it hits them in the head and cuts their forehead. Because they don't know what it is. You've got to be part of an army. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. And every thought that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, we shall bring down into the obedience of Christ. Why? Five against one, I like our odds. I'm, listen to me. I'm not going out to fight these five. I'm standing right in Mount Sterling with Winchester on my back. And I'm saying, you want to come? Come. Because we don't pick fights in the kingdom. But I'll tell you what. The gates of hell shall not prevail. They may come. I'm not going to go pick fights with the enemy. He's been a, a, around a whole lot longer than me. But I will humble myself before a holy God. I'll get attached to apostolic warfare. And I'll tell you what, five against one, I'll take my odds with this house every single time. Are you willing to battle together? Are you, really, are you willing to lay down your powerful, powerful anointing and submit? I was discipling one time in college, and I say that because I was, but gracious, I was looking for discipleship. It's just that nobody wanted me because I've been crazy from the beginning, so nobody would want me, but I was discipling people, and they said, Patrick, man, I want to do this, this, and this, and this, and God taught me a scripture that he walked me through, and I don't know exactly where it is, but it's in somewhere in Thessalonians. It says, study to be quiet. It's like, do what? I have a sword. I have a mighty sword. Study to be quiet. Because we don't want to run into the city of Ai without the anointing and get whooped and have to come back saying, God, what happened? There's forces that are coming against us. They're going to try to, they're going to, try to come on different fronts because now we got different fronts. <laughs> See, all of a sudden, the backbone of Satan, who, who God has already prophesied that his back has been broken. That was a word of the Lord through a tongues and interpretation years ago. When there's a tongues and interpretation, you have got to pay attention. You have got to write it down. That's why we try to do it on a mic now. We want people to hear so we can go back. Because when God starts speaking these things and we see it come to pass, we're like, hey, he already said this. Or when we line up to a battle and there's five against us, we say, wait a minute. He said he'll step into my hallelujah. So let's shout hallelujah. Let's walk in my hallelujah. And let's be rooted and grounded in the word. Five against one, I like our odds. It's time, church. Verse 7 says this. So Joshua ascended from Gilgal, and he and all the people of war with him, and all the mighty men of valor. 
And the Lord said unto Joshua, fear them not. Hallelujah. It's five against one. Fear them not. They're coming from different nations. Fear them not. But you're outnumbered. Fear them not. Five came against them. Joshua said, let's go to war. So church of the living God rose up. Shields, swords, helmet, armor, and we start marching. What? Come on. Come on. It's time to slay the enemies. It's time to slay the enemies. The Lord said, fear not, for I have delivered them into your hand. There shall not a man of thee stand before thee. Meaning they can't take you. They can't handle you. When you're walking in promise. Now listen to this. Jo Joshua therefore came unto them suddenly. Don't you love suddenlies? Like all of a sudden, five kings rise up against you. I've talked about stuff like this. Into in, in the rehab center. I said, what happens when 12 jurors and a judge condemn you when they stand before you? I said, you better, you better come to Jesus because he'll set you free. I go to, I go to prisons with men. I go to a guy. He did, he did uh, 38 calendar years in prison. Killed two people in prison. Now, before you get all crazy, God, he got saved in prison. Jesus Christ stepped into the prison, stepped into the hole, the, the most ruthless place in one of the most ruthless prisons in America, stepped in and looked at him. He was broken. He was destroyed. And Jesus walked in and says, I love you. I need you. I want you. And he believed it. He got saved in prison. All of a sudden... He was released from prison. Now, you don't have to grab your purses. He ain't here. <laughs> Let's be real. Come on. It's like, oh, praise the Lord. Is he here? <laughs> Hallelujah. Is he here now? Behold, I make all things new. Your sin was just as filthy growing up in the house of God. When that blood came upon you and made you clean, he goes into the prison cells and makes murderers clean. We go into the prisons now, and he preaches the gospel in the prison. Why? Because when it was five against one, he took Christ Jesus and he got good odds. Who are we? Who are we but the workmanship of the master's hands? It's time we go to war. He went up suddenly. Suddenly he's released from prison. Suddenly. What does he do now? He gets connected to people who love the word. You want to be set free? Get up in the word. That's what God desires for us is the word, the word, the word. Joshua went up suddenly. It was five people and Joshua rushed into battle because he came with a promise. He came with a God that says, don't fear them. I will deliver them to you. It's time that we realize that when God speaks in this house, he means it. That when he declares a word, he, he, he will back it up. 
So when he says we're going to take the region, let's believe it and then let's go. If it's five against one, but the Lord says go, I love our odds. What if there are five things that you're battling in your life? Okay? That it's not all this spiritual regional warfare. What if you're battling depression? What if you've had thoughts of suicide? What if you're battling gossip? What if you're battling those things? Five against one, I still like your odds. See, because it's God, even though he's a God of destiny, he still steps into our moments. So, so it, it might not be the spiritual warfare for a battle of my life, but maybe he's trying to steal some promises from you. And you got to rise up and say, man, I know there's five things that are breaking me, but I'll take my odds. The apostle preached the, the, the four big guns of the devil. I still got it in my phone. Every now and then I'll pull that out and just shout it all the way down the street. But see, there's things that the enemy will come against you with. And what you got to do is you got to humble yourself before a mighty God and say, man, it doesn't matter how many of them there are. There is one with me that gives me favor. It's time we start walking in that. He suddenly, man, he got up and he went up to the battlefield. He met them there. He didn't wait for the attack. Sometimes we got to get off our spiritual wagons and go out and fight. There's times and seasons that we sit at the table of God and the enemy gets to watch us feast. But sometimes we get up from the table, wipe our mouths and get hungry for taking more land for God. This, this wheel is not complete yet. We want more. God promised more. A region isn't one church. A region isn't two church. Have you ever seen two spokes on a wheel? It's going to be a bumpy ride. But, but God's doing something here. So if there's five coming against you, come in here. I like our odds in here. It's about being in here. Not the name of the church, but I'm talking about being in covenant. When it says people there, and all the people of war with him, it's a people. It's like a tribe. It, it's, it's troops. It's attendants. It's, it's a nation of people. I remember I'd, I'd been rejected so much in the church, and all of a sudden I met him, and it kind of seemed like he understood me. And, and, then, and then we'd go out to eat, and he'd pour into me. He wasn't asking for my tithe. He wasn't asking for an offering. He wasn't asking for membership. But he says, what, what you need is a father. You don't need a place to tithe. You need a father, and I, I'm one of those. See, I found my tribe. We got people that want to be part of different tribes. They want to be part of this tribe, but you would get slain in this tribe. I want, to, I want to be called this by title, but you're not called to be that. Because the title will mean nothing unless the anointing backs it up. I can go to Mount Sterling and say, I'm a super pastor. I'm a super pastor. It doesn't matter if I have not been anointed and sent to do the work. People are going to come and all of a sudden I'm going to have a bunch of bloody sheep because I don't know how to wield my sword. I don't know whether I'm cutting the wolf or the sheep. But I have been sent there to do the work. So the anointing is in me to do the work. So when it's five against one, I like my odds. 
Because I can always come back and say, Dad, what about this battle? What about this battle? Most people who are even successful in ministry that never had a spiritual father will tell you to your face, my God, I wish I had one. And most of them become one. Because they say, man, this is the void in my life. Boy, I'm going to be that for somebody else. Find your tribe. Let's be real. If this isn't your tribe, stick around here and learn until you find yours. But quit going to, to every revivalist and chasing dove's dung. We always want to be where the Holy Ghost has been or where he's said to be. But then we lack the desire to go into the throne of grace where I may obtain mercy in my time of need. I forsake the holy place. I forsake the altar. I forsake the throne room of God because I want to get a couple of goosebumps and a good prophetic word. See, five against one there, I don't like your odds. We can't reject the throne room of God waiting for somebody to stir us. He preached one time, said, stir up yourselves. It's time we come back to the throne room. You, not us, you come back to the throne so when the five come against you, you'll like your odds. It's time, church. We can't just play with this thing. Verse 24, I'm still in Joshua 10, but just so you can relax, I'm only in Joshua 10, okay? Verse 24, and it came to pass when they brought out those kings unto Joshua that Joshua called for all the men of Israel and said unto the captains of the men of war which were with him, come near, listen to this, oh, come on, put your feet upon the necks of these kings. They came near and put their feet upon the necks of them. And Joshua said unto them, fear not, nor be dismayed. Be strong and of a good courage, for, thou, for thus shall the Lord do to all your enemies in whom you fight. Does that sound familiar what Joshua said? It's almost the same exact declaration that God said over him in Joshua 1. Fear not, don't be dismayed, be strong. Because all of a sudden, Joshua established covenant. Because listen, it wasn't about Moses' anointing anymore. Joshua said, I met Jehovah. I walk out to war because of Jehovah. I slay the enemy because of Jehovah. It's time that you look at the things in your life, the things that you're battling, the things that have been battling your family, and you bring them out, and you lay them out, and it's time the church starts putting our foot upon the neck of the enemy. You want to attack my pastor? Put your neck on the ground. I'm going to put my foot on your neck, devil. We will fight for you. We will battle for you. But you have got to know that five against one in the kingdom of God, that is very, very good odds. But we finished the battle. The five kings, they didn't just sit there and put their neck on and took pictures and post it on Facebook. You know? They cut their heads off. Because when five enemies come at the Lord, he, he spares not one. We slay the enemies. If you don't slay the enemy of pride, your children will walk in pride. If you don't cut the head off pornography, generations will fall into pornography. My son doesn't need to battle drugs. He doesn't need to battle alcohol. Because I'll show him the head of those devils. Because I've got them all. 
David cut off Goliath's head and he walked around with his head. Abner went, or Saul said to Abner, said, who is that? Abner went, man, I don't know. Go and get him. He walks up to Saul with Goliath's head in his hand. How many heads have you got in your hand? I'm not chasing a revival. I've got heads in my hand that I know that God works. I know that God is faithful. And if he's faithful to plant one church, my God, he's faithful to plant another. He's looking for laborers. He's looking for people that aren't going to just sit back in the pew anymore. But they're going to come under the headship of authority. You want to know what the apostle's doing? Go out to the battlefield. Because that's part of the calling is to be out in the battlefield. Joshua said, do not fear. Don't be dismayed. Be strong and of a good courage. For the Lord shall do unto all your enemies. The kings were helpless. Because people believe the promises of God. Go and take the land. Church of the living God, go and take the region. Win the city. We always talk about we can't go to the nations of the world and see thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people saved and our loved ones are unsaved. We have got to come to a place where regardless of what the enemy sends against us, I like our odds. We are here to battle with you. We are here to battle for you. We're not super spiritual warriors, but tell you what, I know one in whom my soul does trust. I've seen him win many battles in my personal life. I've seen him come and say, Patrick, I want you to put your foot on the neck of cocaine addiction. I said, but he was my master. Put your foot on his neck. Do not fear. Do not be dismayed. For you, if you allow me, all of your enemies shall be like him. My foot is on the throat of the enemy. Five kings came, five kings laid down, five kings got their necks stepped on by the people of God, and five demonic kings lost their heads. You better believe I like our odds. You better believe that we're going to plant more churches. We're going to take more nations. We're going to build more schools. We're going to walk in greater triumph. We're going to see greater miracles. But it all starts with this. Do you know the one whom you serve? Do you know the one that when five come, you rest because the one you have is powerful? Stand with me tonight. Thank you for listening to today's Church of the Living God, Living Godcast. We trust and pray that you were blessed by today's word. If you'd like to contact us for prayer or for more information about Church of the Living God, please visit our Facebook page at WinCityCOLG or give us a call at 859-745-1865.